Welcome to a spring breakout episode of the Butts of the Seats podcast. You know spring when it's, you know, cold outside and rainy and it's great. When these episodes coming out in November. Yeah, it totally feels like spring. Well, I'm Nick alongside a very chilly Emily, I assume. Always. Constantly. This time of year, absolutely. Today we're here to talk about the March 27th, 2000 WCW Monday Nitro. Okay, the spring breakout episode. Spring break. The start of the final year of WCW. I feel like we mentioned that last time, but this officially is, because this yes. episode is the day after it shuts down in a year. Yes. Woof. And this is like the peak No Man's Land Nitro of, like, they actually almost didn't do this week, but they're like, oh, fuck, it's spring breakout, we have to. I'm glad they did. This was such a wildly silly episode. Yeah. I'm so glad they didn't skip it. As, as, as little anime as we watch, it's very much a beach episode of an anime where it's like, none of this actually counts. It's a non-canon episode, but yeah. also is very canon. I feel like the last couple have been in Florida, but today we're in South Padre Island, Texas. I meant to look it up like where that is, but uh, it's on the beach. Yeah, it, it's on the Gulf Coast, nice. which I guess it has to be if it's in Texas because there's no other. Yeah, there's no other ocean. <laughs> it's, called, it's Gulf Coast or nothing, man. <laughs> Geography with the Buds of the Seeds podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure how north or south it is, but they did they did break out Lash the Roof or one of these things. So it's like, is it close to Louisiana? Did they or try is to- Louisiana just also on the Gulf Coast? Yeah. <laughs> I literally have no backstage notes for this show. I mean, we kind of get, like, the backstage notes during this. Yeah, there is a very clear nothing going on in this show for a lot of something going on in the future. Yes. It's a good way to put that. Emily and I were devastated when we started the show with the opening pyro and saw there was no pool around ringside this year. Yeah, but it's okay. We do still get pool-based offense. Honestly, we get more pool-based offense than we did last year with the surrounding pool. Yeah. Because I remember my frustration last year was, we have this pool, why aren't we using it? One person gets thrown into it at the very end of the show. Yeah. I'm like, you have this beautiful prop, fucking use it. And at least we got to use it this year. Yeah, there was one year Kevin Nash like running away from somebody and being like, I got two words for you. Cannonball! And just jumped in the pool to escape. That's cringy. So we, we start with Mean Gene in the ring. He gets flashed. He says he feels like Rodney Dangerfield as some woman is showing him their boobs. <laughs> His line is like, young lady, you're clearly very proud of those. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm guessing the Rodney Dangerfield thing is because he gets no respect, but... I didn't really get it. I assumed that he's like... I thought he was like a, a sex icon or something. I <laughs> no. Know. I don't know. I don't know nothing about Rodney Dangerfield. I'm not even going to pretend. So Gene is here to bring out someone returning to WCW. And instead of them, I guess I guess this person is returning to WCW. Yeah. But we get Kimberly Page coming out. She comes out because she doesn't want the person that's returning to be announced by Jean. Jean can't announce them. Only she can announce them. Her outfit. Jesus Christ. Oh it's modern for the time Princess Leia. A little bit. Yeah. That's that's the vibe I was getting. So I was going to say modern, but it's not modern 2023. It's modern 1999 or 2000. Does it feel weird to you that The Phantom Menace has, has come out in the timeline? The Phantom Menace has? Yeah, it came out in 99. We're living in a Jar Jar Binks world here, Emily. <laughs> it's Jar Jar Binks world. We're just living in it. I always forget that. I, the timeline of this, the second or the, the prequel tril- trilogy, that always confuses me because you and I both saw one of those in theaters. So to me, it's later on. In, I saw two like, of them in theaters. Okay. But to me, it's just later in the zeitgeist, yeah. I guess. So it being out in 99 is weird. So the actual person making making his return is Diamond Dallas Page. That was not obvious from Kimberly coming it's out. It's me. It's me. It's DDP. DDP comes out in a backwards leather paddy cap, jeans, and an airbrush jacket. It's like, yep. Wonder what look you're going for here. Somebody call Shane Douglas. <laughs> Tell me you're trying to be Triple H without telling me you're trying to be Triple H. Was it that stylish at the time? I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. Maybe I don't the, the backwards cap might have been. Leather definitely was, but this look is very Triple H. This is giving Triple H cosplay. And this is where we notice for the first time that the hard camera, I don't know if it's the wind or what, but it's just shaking the whole night. The way that it was shaking, I am 90% sure it was the wind. Because no one's hand shakes like that. It was unless somebody was holding it and that person was like on a platform that was being shaken by the wind. I think it was wind. So DDP is basically here to do a commercial. Yes. Ready to rumble. It's coming out April 7th, but they're doing a premiere on April 5th. He compares ready to rumble to Wayne's world saying it's Wayne's world meets wrestling. Yes. I highly doubt that. Uh, Wayne's world's an incredible movie. I don't think ready to rumble is Wayne's world. Well, you'll find out in two episodes, Emily. Oofta. 
Gene also asks about DDP's injury, and he's kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> like, what? I forgot he was injured. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, you know, I hurt my back. They thought it might be career-threatening. It's not. But anyway. cool. <laughs> I'm here now. All right. So apparently, they're going to be doing some stuff on Hollywood Boulevard. Like, they have a ring they're going to set up. Yeah, they're going to shut down the whole street. I guess they're doing, like, a match. I don't see, see that they're going to do, it like, a little show or something. Yeah. I, like... I've seen WWF set up a ring like outside the like New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, but it's WWF. And I've seen the I've seen that um, footage. Yeah, but that was also in a time when they had more money. Like they were in like kind of their prime heyday. WCW is not. Yeah, I I have a feeling this thing was not recorded. I, I'll do a little search to see if I can find it, but I have a feeling I'm going to come up very empty. Yeah, probably. So yeah, Ready to Rumble is coming out soon, and. Uh, DDP wants his next role to be WCW champion. I think the Ready to Rumble role is a little bit better at this time. WCW champion doesn't really mean anything. I think well, I think DDP made more money in WCW than Ready to Rumble sure. made. Sure, but no, I'm saying than Ready to Rumble made. Oh, <laughs> but it's Wayne's world, totally. He's interrupted by Jeff Jarrett in tonight's theme, wearing shorts. Oh yeah, everyone's wearing shorts. I guess it's a little toasty. Jared says he's the only star around here. He's the chosen one. He's got stroke. Yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. The huge. Jared then also is, you know, very careful to hit the premiere date and release date of the movie. This is an ad. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> That's probably another When you're reason. the heel shitting on this and you're still like, I can't believe April 7th it's going to release in all these theaters. Tickets are available. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's probably another reason why they couldn't um, skip this episode. Yeah. They they needed one episode prior to the release that was just push ready to rumble. Next week's Eclipse Because admittedly, they didn't really do a lot of advertising Not for this. Not much. Yeah. There really hasn't been much. Chris Canyon was around. And he yeah, was he's like been Hollywood missing. Canyon. Yeah. But that's kind of it. He says that he's going to crash the premiere. Of course he will because he's the chosen one. DDP welcomes the challenge. and Great. That's it. Congrats. Yeah. I guess they'll be wrestling on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Jared has a match later. No mention of that. Not at all. But don't forget, April 7th. So after the commercial, we get Tony and Mark checking in. They note that tonight we have the Brothers in Paint versus Team Package. I keep hearing Brothers in Pain whenever they say Brothers in Paint. So it takes me a second to think about who they're talking about. Yeah. It's going to be a Texas Tornado match, which is going to have two referees. And I'm like, that's weird. And then we watch the match and go, oh, that I That makes get sense. It. <laughs> Tony Tony then talks about an exhausting yet exciting week. Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo are coming back to run WCW. Maybe. Except we have not, we have not gotten confirmation from Vince Russo, and we're going to totally update you about that during this show. So we know Eric Bischoff is a definite yes. At this point in time, Vince Russo is a maybe. Unless they did it during a match, they never formally give an update. No, it just kind of goes from, we're still waiting on Vince Russo's response, to Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo will be back in two weeks. Like, okay. So they announced that, but they don't say here that next week there will not be a show. Not here, but they no. do mention it. We then get a video package of Hulk Hogan at Tower Records, and then Jimmy Hart attacked Man Cow. Man Cow. Man Cow in the morning. Wow. Some what a DJ radio host. name. Yeah, no, it's a great radio persona name. And Man Cow has challenged <laughs> Jimmy Hart to a fight pass i'm good i think i think the upcoming pay-per-view is in chicago where he's a radio personality so i think that's gonna be that the next pay-per-view sense. yeah i know he has a match against jimmy hart i'm assuming it's this pay-per-view that talk about a pee break match i don't want to see jimmy hart in the ring i love jimmy hart but he's not a wrestler and man cow who the fuck <laughs> i wonder if he's still on air he's no bubba the love sponge sure <laughs> to my knowledge hulk hogan never banged man cow's wife you don't know that Oh, there's video evidence of the of the one. That's maybe he didn't turn the camera on for this one, but you don't know that. Backstage, three jabronis get offered a cruiserweight title shot by Paisley and the artist. Yeah, jabronis is putting it lightly because these are just three random men that Never no one has before. ever seen before. They're just random guys, just dudes. And the it gets offered to a man named Michael Modest. It's just scraping the bottom of the barrel for cruiserweight opponents. Like, we had a beautiful cruiserweight like, division. they don't need to. We had such a lucrative cruiserweight division. We had all the luchadors. We had Billy Kidman. We had um, Rey Mysterio. We had Eddie. Like, it was... Cruiserweight was everything. And now it's, like, three, like, no names. Even Disco was, like, thriving disco, down yeah. there. We had such a good division for so little time. From earlier today, we see Scott Steiner talking to some hotties. And I'm like, are these the NWO girls? They, are, they were, apparently. 
which I have confirmed, Emily, it's largely the same women. There are technically five so? Nitro Nitro girls. There are technically five NWO women. But if the you lo- say so. I have confirmation. If you say so. They also just, the camera doesn't really give them the time of day on their faces, at least. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to verify. Yeah. Don't you hurt Usher Scott Signer away. Uh, one of the Harris buddies is wearing a cast. That'll, that will come up later. Yeah. But they don't explain it in that segment of, like, what happened. They're just like, oh, yeah, I hurt myself. So, Heavy D, you're yeah. on. Yes, because up next we get Gene interviewing Booker. And they're like, yeah, Heavy D apparently hurt himself over the weekend. I thought they said it was in a match, but we get a different reasoning later. Booker cuts his usual good fiery babyface promo. It's one of those yeah. where not a lot of substance, but it's like, you know what? Good on you, man. He's just like, me and Billy are on the top of our games. Come fight me. Yeah, he's like, I wanted the title shot, but I guess I'll just have to kick your ass. <laughs> Let's go to our first match of the night. It is for the Cruiser... Or, no, it's sorry, it's not for the Cruiserweight title. You don't know that until the very end, though. <laughs> because they get offered a Cruiserweight title shot. Oh, you're right. They do. That's <laughs> the whole point of that conversation. Yeah. What the fuck? Clearly, they did that segment and then went, oh, fuck, we uh, we don't want him to lose the title here. Wow. I wonder if Michael Modest knew that. Yeah. The artist with Paisley versus Michael Modest. Some and music Some music hits as the match starts, but nothing happens. Yeah. T-Bone suplex early from Modest, and he hits a 10-punch spot and keeps taunting the artist for, you know, doing the little flamboyant flares. Yeah. I really, I was having a hard time figuring out who was the face and who was the heel in this, honestly. Yeah, I mean, well, the artist is a heel. Yeah, but Mike Modest was also kind of coming off as a heel. Yeah, but... So I was like, he was trying to be a face? He's making fun of the flamboyant, sexually ambiguous man, so he's a face in 2000. That's so stupid. This match exists for commentary to talk about Vince Russo. Yes. Chris Candido comes out. Then we get commentary noting that Sid has put a $500,000 bounty on Hulk Hogan. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Because Hogan's coming for his title. This also does, this does nothing for the story. Nothing happens. No. Nothing happens with that bounty and Sid. No. Nothing happens. And then Chavo's suddenly here. Yes. Sneak attack Chavo. Where the fuck did he come from? Modest hits a Death Valley driver to the artist, but the artist kicks out. Samoan drop from the artist also gets a two. And then in a very convoluted spot, we get Chavo and Paisley on the apron. Chavo gets pulled off by Chris Candido. So they're brawling. They're brawling. Paisley gets knocked off the apron by, you know, some collision in the ring. Yeah, I don't even know who hit her. She has to fly diagonally to land on top of them. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, it's elbow, seek your target, and then jump. It was not a cohesive fall. Modest hits a Celtic Cross type maneuver and gets the win. And as he's hitting the move, Mark Madden goes, remember, this is non-title. And I'm like, Jesus. Literally, like right before he goes for the finish. And remember, folks, it's non-title. And yeah, Modest wins. With uh, the amount of interference and messy bullshit and random person getting a, a title shot that's a non-title shot. I'm like, are we sure Russo isn't already back? Right. I, you know, so this was my conspiracy theory. He's already back. He's writing this show. Like, how Vince Russo is it to tease your own return in your return episode? Like, that's very Vince Russo-coded. I don't think so. I do. You have the whole show where commentary is talking about how you might come back, so you are the focal point of the episode. It's all about Vince Russo. That's so Vince Russo. It's so Raven. What a mark. What about Raven? Michael Modest can wrestle a bit, it seems like. So, he's based on this match, I'm like, yeah. He's Fine. I know, yeah, he's nothing special. He's literally forgettable. Like, I keep thinking they're calling him Michael Myers, which is the problem. Yeah, he, he does also kind of give off great value, Chris Candido. Yes, yes, <laughs> which is the he problem very much when, when Chris Candido just debuted. Right. Like, we were just watching Thunder, and I saw Michael Modest come out, and I was like, is that Chris Candido? And it said Michael Modest, and I was like, Michael Myers? So Michael Modest also kind of looks like Kevin Sullivan. I don't see that one as much. I definitely see Chris Candido. I don't see Kevin Sullivan as much. Back to commentary. Tony puts over the bounty on Hulk Hogan again, which literally only exists for a match to happen. Like, nobody else tries to claim this. No, that, that's what I'm saying. What's the point of this? Nobody else tries to cash in on that 500K. Mean Gene interviews the Nazis wearing NWO shirts. For the last time, hopefully. Apparently, Heavy D hurt his shoulder in the hotel with, with Medasia. Getting freaky with Medasia. So Big Ron promises to kick Booker's ass. What are you doing that you hurt your shoulder having sex? That's why I couldn't wrap my head around. Like, I don't know, what picking her up. What are you doing? But even that, that's not shoulder, is it? To pick up someone? Depend, that's like... Depends on where they're going. Nah, that's fair. Getting freaky indeed, I guess. We get the first of many spring breakout ads. So you and I did both kind of note that this actually looked 
looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. This actually looked like we've been doing this follow through all the universities that they did like the spring breakout, you know, hype for. And those all look the same. And those just kind of looked like, you know, copy paste college event. This looked fun. Well, part of my guess is that for the campus events, it was advertised as, oh, WCW is doing something, you know, in this one random spot on campus. Go over there. Here they're on the beach. So you'll, get, you'll get more passersby. I guess that's true. But it was it was well populated. There were activities. There were competitions. Everybody was very hype. Lash it LaRue was there. Fun. Lash LaRue was there. We then get Hulk Hogan arriving backstage and Vampiro lures him into a dark room. Which is just... So this is where they could have done something with that bounty. Where like Vampiro tried to cash in on it and beat Hogan down or something. No. Well, he's the wrestler of the future, brother. What the fuck? What does that mean? What? <laughs> When did Vampiro become Hogan's favorite wrestler? I don't know. When did this happen? We'll get to that later. We get more WCW magazine hype. I forget if they actually showed the cover of this one. because They did I... show the cover. Okay. But they also showed the centerfold where I noticed that it's misaligned. Yeah. The centerfold is not correctly aligned. So if you're a horny little teenage boy that wants to put a picture of Tori Wilson on your wall, you have to like tear out both these pages and realign it to make it kind of fit. We then get Booker versus Big Ron. Big Ron comes out to the NWO theme and we're like, is this it? No, there's one more. God. But he's coming out in his best Steve Austin cosplay. Like, yeah. you would think that this is a Halloween episode with all the cosplay we're getting. Yeah, he's rocking the he's rocking the jean shorts. It did look a little weird on him because I, I very quickly compared him to Steve Austin, but he's not wearing any kind of knee pads. Yeah. So he looks wrong. Also, Austin's shorts were usually shorter. Like, he's, he's That's border, true. He's borderline rocking Daisy Dukes. That is true. Ron starts working over Booker until a shitty bookend and a spine buster. God, these He's men like, can't dude, jump. Holy shit. Jump for your opponent because both of those were bad. <laughs> nah, I'm not selling to my opponent, brother. Jeff Jarrett runs out to distract the ref and then uh, Dom, Heavy D is suddenly fine. He pops pops off the uh, sling. Surprise. It was a fake injury. Booker hits a scissor kick and gets hit with an H-bomb by the Harris buddies and Ron wins. You know what I just realized? Hmm. We saw Ron and Don Harris in casts at the pay-per-view. They took them off last week and yeah. then kept doing a, a, a cast angle. They like took a break from a cast angle for a week. Well, the cast angle that we had them in before, that was like for the gag. Yeah, but they could have kept it going. That's too much forethought. <laughs> Post-match, Harlem Heater suddenly here attacking Booker. It's like, because of course- I thought this was done. Yeah, I, I kind of forget what Harlem Heat's like story is right now. Because I thought they were kind of done fucking with Booker. Yeah, Booker almost fights them off and Kidman comes out. Big Cash takes them out and Booker rolls to the floor. Here comes Nick's favorite moment of the show. He comes back in with like a rolling computer chair and the heels bail. They're like, oh, fuck. So I have a lot of questions about this computer chair. (laughs) First of all, they couldn't get it in the ring right, which was like making you cackle. Yeah, and then we realized that the actual stage, we did talk about this, is the entire bit of ringside is on like a platform stage. Yeah. Around that is the beach. Yeah. So, so it's, it's an sand. elevated stage on sand. You you cannot roll a computer chair on sand. Exactly. <laughs> Why is there a computer chair there? Who was sitting in said computer chair? Why did we choose that as the weapon? Why did Booker grab it and go, this is fine? <laughs> And then not be able to get it into the ring on the first try. (laughs) And I assume it was padded, going back a few weeks to the whole padded chair conversation. I stand by my my argument in that statement. I'm going to hit you with a padded chair, and then I'm going to hit you with a a flimsy folding chair, and you tell me which one hurts more. Okay. Yeah. So so that's the segment, but fucking Booker coming in with the computer chair. What was the plan? Nick, like into a whole spiral of cackles. Like, we had to pause for a minute so he could gather himself. But the sand. The amount of sand that's stuck in those wheels now. Yeah. Like, it's 20 years later. There's probably still sand in those wheels. Um, I don't know if this is it for the Kidman and Booker tag team. We'll have to, have to see. Do you think? I, it might be. I know Kidman gets feel a like dec- an ending. I know Kidman gets a decent push um, come the reboot, so. This didn't feel like an ending, but we'll find out in two weeks, but... We then see the conversation between Vampiro, Jimmy Hart, and Hulk Hogan, which was very clearly earlier tonight based on the next segment. But I'm like, yeah, since when are all these guys friends? Yeah, who knows? Vampiro is warning Hogan 
about this bounty being like a good guy of like just so you know everybody's coming after you because there's this bounty but we don't know who said the bounty yeah no one knows who it is we don't know this this five hundred thousand dollar bounty just showed up like it's sid you idiot everybody knows that it's sid except for vampiro the one thing is that like this is very clearly earlier in the day but i don't think they actually note that no they don't because up next is mean gene interviewing hulk hogan in different clothes it's like yeah clearly that was earlier but yeah. Because maybe at the time people didn't know who who had the bounty, but... Regardless, it, the continuity is garbage. Yes. Hogan's in his Mr. Mustard era, though. He does take a while to come out, so I'm like, was he changing? Maybe he just had, like, different pants on or something. Well, he was wearing a different tank top, too, and a different bandana. He was wearing black. <sighs> you focus on that stuff so hard. I want continuity. Who cares? Hogan comes out looking very naked. I didn't think he looked that naked. I just thought he looked very yellow. Man, this is a promo of legend, because... He goes so 80s so quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was at my hotel room. I was looking for Jimmy Hart, and there were a bunch of ladies rubbing him down after the vicious beating he got last week. We just saw him. He's fine. He's literally fine. But Gene asks him the same question about the bounty about three times, and every time Hogan's like, well, you know, brother, Jimmy Hart's getting patted down by the ladies. Well, I need the cameraman to back up to show show off these 24-inch pythons, brother. Like, Terry, answer the fucking question. <laughs> Gene asks you a question. He's like, no one's going to do anything when I got these arms. Hogan also notes that every time him and Sid kind of, you know, get involved, Sid runs away from him. That's not true. And then Gene notes that Sid probably isn't here this week, which is true. He has a shoulder injury. Okay. But again, he knows who set the bounty. Yeah. What's the point of this? Well, Hogan then offers Sid $500,000 to face him. So now there's a million dollars on the line. Well, no. It, Sid wouldn't get his own $500,000 here. I don't I don't know. But Because there's also another $500,000 that shows up later in the show. Hogan notes that he expects the unexpected, and I expect if Sid's going to attack me, he's going to do it from behind, and like fully turns around like Sid's going to be there. <laughs> Acting. This is where he mentions that Vampiro is the wrestler of the future, too. Yeah. He's, what does he's, that mean? He's got Vampiro's back, Jack. I don't know why Vampiro is suddenly getting this massive endorsement from all the main eventers. Right? This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I like Vampiro. I think he's great, but this like weird main event push is like, ran- it feels very random. I heard um, a Vampiro pr- promo from a different company in 2001. Man, he um, he never gets that promo skill. The promos that he does, I feel like they would be better in ECW. Yeah, well, just because he's ripping off Raven doesn't mean he's no, no, good no. In ECW. I just like, oh no, all ECW promos. I don't like ECW promos. They're very like whispery. They're very edgy, like talking whisper into the camera, like I'm gonna do something bad. It's very ECW. They're not good, but they're not WWE. Or WCW. Gene asks Hogan, it's like, all right, wait, can we see some sort of tag team with you and Vampiro? Yeah, sure, fucking. Yeah, Good luck. Yeah, Hogan ain't doing a fucking tag team run. The last time I can think of Hogan actually doing a tag team run, it ended with him winning the world title in the main event in an unscheduled match. So during this promo as well, Hogan mentions that he looks out into the audience and he sees so many faces painted like Vampiro's. That's Sting. Yeah. I have never seen Vampiro face paint. I see Sting face paint all the time. There's not Vampiro face paint. They basically go, all right, never mind. Let's let, let's focus back to Sid because that's the whole story here. Sure. And Emily, we get one of the classic moments in WCW 2000. That's the wall, brother. Oh, my God. He just like points to the top of the super high rise well, building we, hotel. We, we hear a little bit of the wall's music. Like, for a second. Yeah, and Hogan's looking around, and then he suddenly looks up, and we and we just, like, hard cut to it's like the, the wall signal. standing on top of a building. <laughs> with a beam, with with a spotlight on him. Just very Batman. <laughs> doing the doing the hand raise. Uh. I'm going to chokeslam you off this 50-story building. I'm like, thank God Crowbar wasn't here this week. Oh, Crowbar my God. Like, he would have taken that I challenge. can take that bump. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's fine. That's the wall, brother. It's so dramatic. And then after, as it continues... It's like they're trying to talk to each other. Yeah. But they're like a quarter mile away from each yeah. other. They, what? They actually show a shot of like, behind, like over Hogan's shoulder. And I'm like, you can't fucking tell He's who that died. is. Yeah, there's no way. you could Like nobody in that crowd knew who that was. It's just a guy. Well, Hogan then offers another $500,000. Yeah. And I'm like, how? How, what is happening? Who's getting this money? You're telling me this company lo- loses like $26 million this year? Yeah, no kidding. The fuck, is it like 53? I forget. Oh, I don't remember. It's something crazy. Like, where is all of this money coming from and where does it go? Like, who gets it? 
Oh, if you haven't seen this segment before, go find it because it's pretty unhinged. The, yeah, it just and the fact the fact that Hogan is full eighties again really sells it. Like, oh my god, it's ridiculous. It is the year two thousand. Mean Gene being so over Hogan in this promo too also like does it for me like. No, what about the bounty? Well, let me tell you something, brother. Like, the bounty. Well, Jimmy Hart, brother. Like, the bounty. So I assume we have a main event, but we have never actually heard the wall, you know, accept the challenge. He was just, he was yelling. You could see his mouth yell. <laughs> Although he was probably so cold up there. No, it was just windy. Yeah. At night on top of a building in March. I mean. I guess it was March. I don't know. Well, Texas doesn't get that cold. In the Gulf area of Texas, doesn't get that cold. If you go to Cancun, it's not cold. Okay. Let's go backstage. We get Mike Tanay interviewing the Mamelukes. Tonight, hey, oh, hey. I'm oh, sorry, the Pisons. Thank you. It'll be them versus the Young Dragons tonight, and Vito's still mad at Disco. And Disco's like, no, if you win, I think you're going to get a title shot. They just like cut away from the mid-sentence in this, too. Yeah. Because they, they say something about the Harris buddies. I don't remember what the fuck it was. I don't remember. This was yeah. just like them talking. It was to some each like other. passive insult, and we cut to the Harris party like, "What the fuck?" And they I get didn't up even and catch leave. the insult because yeah. like this was a hybrid of Johnny the Bull and Vito talking to Disco while also being interviewed by Mike Tenay. So it was a jumble of conversation happening, yeah. and then they just like cut away from it. Yeah, the young dragons come out to try to do the uh, three count entrance, but are blindsided by the Mamelukes. Apparently, they stole the um, the the dance mats. Yeah, the dance mats on uh, on Thunder. Yeah, so now there's this feud between Three Count and the Young Dragons, I guess. We don't ever see that come to fruition, but yeah. Sure. Mama Luke's hit an H-bomb early on and it leads to nothing. And it's like, why are you doing that move if it's not going to be the finish? These Young Dragons are bouncy, though. They get serious air in this match. Vito works over Jamie-san, and every time they say Jamie-san, it makes you giggle. It's so stupid. Jamie tags out, and we get two diving moves to to Vito. Johnny the Bull tags in, and it gets sloppy. Shocking. Johnny Bull press slams Jamie to the floor. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah. And then throws Jimmy about 10 feet in the air. Like, They're so bouncy. We get a power slam and diving elbow combo from the Mamelukes. And a nice running delayed suplex from Vito. We then get the, the uh, leap up the ropes reverse leg drop spot from Johnny the Bull. And Disco wants to be t- tagged in. They do it begrudgingly and then are very suddenly attacked by the Harris brothers. Charles Robinson fully sees this and is like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> The Young Dragons triple team Disco and get the win. Then the Harris Buddies come in, double H-bomb the Dragons. They go. Okay. It, it was a match. Yeah. It it was, became it became a mess, but it like did. overall in-ring quality, like it was decent. It was decent. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was potential to be best match of the night, but it just got really messy. Like we've seen the Young Dragons have great matches yeah. and I've probably given them match of the night before. I can't fully remember, but like, I, yeah, they're. One of those matches that I probably would give match of the night to. But when they're, like, ruined, it, it gets ruined by the interference. Just let them be good. Let us have a cruiserweight division. We didn't see Team Packager here, as are the Brothers in Paint. We didn't get the Nitro Girls, mostly in shorts. They're like, one or two that was wearing long pants. I'm like, why? So I know I give you shit for not knowing exactly what, like, we don't know what the reset means. God, I hope Team Package is gone in the reset. I don't know. I am so over them i just i don't care anymore they're doing the same stories over and over and over again nothing changes nothing progresses nothing happens i'm fucking tired of it it's so boring to watch it's the same shit every week yeah and i'm not even mad at miss elizabeth anymore because she's just not doing anything like whatever you're just a person now but you're so fucking boring i don't care about lex luger i never have yeah i never have but let's go to his match it's rick flair and the total package with miss elizabeth Versus Sting and Vampiro. Thank God for this match, though. No entrance for the Brothers in Paint. They attack Lex mid-entrance. Flair almost immediately begs off Vampiro. As Which, that almost got me to just, like, tune out of this match. I was like, fuck, we're already begging off. Okay, I'm done. But we get Sting and Luger going up the ramp, and we now have two singles matches going on. Yeah, this is not a tag team match, or a tornado whatever match. Sting and Luger brawl over to the pool. <laughs> this is where I'm like, oh, pool-based offense. I do want to note, I think I have one thing to say about the Flair Vampiro part of the match from here forward, because... We, they are not the focal yeah, point of yeah. this. They don't matter. Sting counters a pile of driver and throws Luger into the pool. Yes. As soon as they got in the pool, I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I, but, but then he gets out of the pool so quickly, so I'm like, they're going to do it again. Yeah, I figure, like, all right, that's the big spot. No, they're going to do it again. He got out too quickly. <laughs> so... There's, like, some little, like, bridge as part of this pool. They start going up the steps. 
some random worker is going down the steps. Luger grabs the guy and just like pushes Heats him, into, him the into the pool. <laughs> and this dude's clearly a wrestler because he takes a fucking bump doing it. Oh yeah, he hits it very well. And if he's not a wrestler, sign that man. <laughs> he better than fucking Big Jakes or yeah, whatever from the other week. Big Jakes. Remember the guy with, with the fucking massive arms? Oh, the bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know his name was Big Jakes. So we think they're going to go up to this bridge over the pool and do like a slam off of the bridge. No, no, no. No, no, no. We continue into this like, I I don't really know what to call it in a pool where it's like the private area where there's grills and you can like rent out chairs and things. And so there's this big platter of Mexican food. You're yeah. in Texas. There's chips and there's salsa Yeah, I think it was some sort of dip because it was like... Yeah, there's or, a big ass bowl of... I think it was seven layer dip the way that it was. Yeah, because it was definitely a, a layer of like sour cream or something on top. And then there were beans on the on yeah. the bottom. So there's this massive bowl of what I'm assuming is seven layer dip. <laughs> Sting just grabs the bowl, shoves Luger into it. And it's just like sour cream everywhere. Beans everywhere it's disgusting so now i'm like oh well fuck they're not going back in the pool anymore because you're gonna have to rebalance that ph of the chlorine like we're not doing that like so it's over that's it right there was there was some other food got thrown them too and probably tortilla chips but i'm like there's food now they're not going back in the pool yeah that was fun we cut to flair and vampiro flair is up here in the figure four no one cares no and then Luger and Sting go onto the beach. And that's where I'm like, the beach doesn't have chlorine that they need to rebalance. You were literally standing. Because <laughs> I was so ready for them to pull it out from under me. Because all I wanted was for them to get into the beach, the water, the ocean, and battle and wrestle. And I was like, they're gonna, they're not going to do it. They're just going to do some moves on the sand. They're just going to, they have these surfboards that they throw at each other. And then there's like a folding beach chair that they throw at each other. Like that's it, right? They're just going to stop, right? And then they don't because they keep walking to the water. And then they fucking get in the beach and they're in the water. And they're actually like wrestling in the water. It's everything I wanted for it to happen and it happened. Sting hits a back body drop on Luger into the water. You get the big splash. Sting hits a pile driver into the water. Oh, it's so splashy and so sandy and so gross. But oh my God. Charles Robinson makes the pin and like jumps. The splashes. <laughs> so Sting wins in the water. In the arena, like, yeah, he won. Match yeah, the, over. Arena, the arena got screwed on this yeah. one. But oh my God, that is the match that I wanted every match to ever be. Basically, every bump needs to be in the water. That now. was every bump needs to be in the ocean. That was amazing. <laughs> Uh, there were beans, there was ocean, there was pool bumps, there was beach chairs, it was everything. Yeah. Everything. And it was still like a crowd-based moment, which I've said in the past I don't like, but because it's the beach and you're not trying to like wiggle through this tiny, tight little area like they were trying to do on, um, was that ECW, I guess? No, that was... that Was, was that? That was Uncensored. Oh, that was Uncensored. That was Finley and Vampiro. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also ECW, but... Yeah, but because it's not in, like, that tight, confined room, you don't have to, like, push through people as much. You can actually, like, get them to spread out, and we can actually have a match in public, and it's great. Yeah, well, it also helps that, like, no one's going to be on the beach at 9 p.m. That's also true. Oh, it was amazing. New favorite match of all time, I think. <laughs> 10 out of 10, absolutely no I like how this segment started with you going, I hate Lex Luger. Was, and then- well, because, yeah, I do. I'm not a fan of Lex Luger, but this match was everything that I ever wanted a wrestling match to be. I will give Lex Luger credit for one thing. Like, he is very willing to look like a dope. Yes, he is. And if he was not willing to look like a dope, this match would not have been sold as well. Yeah. that Like, him being willing to take all those bumps and take the beans, like, that made the match what it is. <laughs> So I will give him major props for that. We've watched enough WCW now that I try not to get my hopes up too high when something like that starts. Because I can kind of see when things are going to stop. Like, we got the one pool move. I'm like, that's it. We got the beans move. That's it. We got the one bump on the surfboard. I'm like, okay, I guess we're done. And it just kept going. I just kept waiting for the rug to be pulled and it was never pulled. So this is the first and only time that I'll be like, WCW impressed me and surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of the match? (laughs) I thought it was fun. I obviously I'm not as quite as in love as you, but um, no, it was definitely it was definitely a lot of fun. Good. Let's go backstage. Booker T sees Lex Luger getting thrown into food and takes note. <laughs> Another one of my favorite matches. Which that isn't even a match. I know you keep telling me that, but it's still a great match. Well, it's one of those where you have a hard time of figuring out what a match is. Sometimes it was a lengthy segment with wrestlers doing pseudo wrestling moves. It was a match. He gets asked about Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo in a segment that happens a couple times tonight, but 
Man, Thunder is just littered with that. Oh, really? It's like half the show. Jeez. Yeah, I don't like these backstage interviews. Like, what, what are they going to say? Who cares? Yeah, Booker says he's not going to kiss ass. Like, do your job. Okay. But like, it doesn't need to be in the show. Yeah. Like, who's going to kind of promo saying, shit, this, this is, is doomed? Suck. Bobby Heenan did. I think that was Really? It. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's like, oh, you know, it's two big personalities. It's never going to work. Man, he was right. Nice surprise. Bobby Heenan. We got another spring breakout ad, but this is basically a commercial for Tough Acton Tenactin. Tough Acton Tenactin? Yeah. I thought it was track phone. No, that's the later one. Oh. No, it's like a foot cream. like like <laughs> it, or It's like an athlete's foot kind of thing. Sexy. Yeah. John Madden did a bunch of uh, commercials for it. An athlete doing it makes sense, but a bunch of sexy people on the beach? You don't really want to be thinking about athlete's foot. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Apparently there was a Mr. Nitro contest that we just saw like a, cl- a few clips of. Like, Yeah, there was a Miss Nitro contest later too that we yes. also only saw a few clips of. Also a tug of war and we'll get a little more of this later. Then get Mean Gene interviewing Terry Funk. He talks about Hugh Morris. I'm like, why? Because he's back, I guess. Like Terry says almost nothing here. I think he might have been high. He really, he did seem a little out of it. He, he didn't look, he looked like he had just smoked. Let's go to a mix of feelings next. It's not really a mix of feelings. It's well, just bad. Well, it's Meng versus Laparka. And we're like, yay, Laparka. Oh. Yeah, they've ruined Laparka. Laparka got new gear for on Thunder. Oh, good for him. Uh, he's black and yellow there. He's a bumblebee. Meng comes out with a 10 out of 10 cane frizz. Like, well, yeah. But he, like, he's supposed to have the cane. He, he's supposed to have frizz. Kane is not supposed to have frizz. No. Meng has the hair that is supposed to frizz. <laughs> I wrote, I sense a racist promo incoming. Yep. To no reaction. I just don't like that they put the black scent on him. And it's clearly not selling. Like, nobody nobody wants this. Yeah. Nobody finds it funny. The one weird bit of this is that Lepark is okay with it in kayfabe for, like, the start. Because he's going along with it. Like, he's mm. doing the one four one four thing. Yeah, but, like, halfway through, he kind of gives up on it. Well, because it's they start getting doing the racist thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. Oh. I didn't say that. Good. So, but it's a weird thing of, like, he's aware of the voice, and he's aware the voice screws him over every week, but he keeps letting it happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much power he has over it, or how much he's willing to speak up against it, because he sees all of his friends getting fired, and doesn't want to be next. Yeah, because, like, the Kai and Tai thing, which we keep going back to, which I feel like I was too light on the other week, I always got the impression that they don't speak English, so they don't know what the voice is saying. Which is not necessarily a get-out-of-jail-free card. No, but I'm saying in the universe, like, that makes sense why the voice keeps happening. Right. Here, Leparka understands Clearly. the English that's being said because he knows, oh shit, stop talking. Right. So yeah, it just it doesn't work. Yeah, no, you're right. Leparka tries to fight off Meng but gets killed. He hits a big chair shot, but Meng locks in the tongue and death grip and gets the win. Then we get Tank Abbott suddenly here to brawl with Meng. Because why not? Then here's Finley. Because why not? Like, why? Which, Honestly, which but why? Finley showed up and he looked at me like, I thought we were done. And I'm like, I said match. I will give you that. You said match. He is here, though. And he is kind of wrestling. He's just brawling. They're just like brawling stage, like ringside. Like, why? Yeah. Why? I mean, I don't hate there being like almost a little like subdivision of like, oh, no, these are like the shoot dangerous men. I Yeah. I mean, sure. But yeah. I don't like that a match happens on ringside while a match is happening in the ring. Match already ended. Yeah, but still. Like, it doesn't let one match breathe. It's uh, bad. Emily, can I make this even worse? No. We never get Meng versus Tank Abbott. I don't care. I don't want Tank Abbott. That doesn't make it worse. It makes it better. They do it on two house shows. And they Great. Never, I don't want to see it. They're clearly building to it. I don't care. I don't want it. Keep it on house shows. We didn't get something we haven't seen in a little while. The Kid Cam. So I don't know who has this thing. Yeah, somebody stole it and just never gave it back. Surprise! Your boy is back. Fuck off. Your favorite. You love him. You missed him. Buff Bagwell is seen hitting on the NWO women, and they're into it because they're sluts, I guess. Because he's buff and he's the stuff. Obviously. But, like, he's gotten turned down before. He's buff and he's the stuff, and the ladies want the stuff. Scott Sutter sees this happening from the kid cam. Yeah, because I guess the kid cam is, like, live streaming back to the NWO room. Well, it's on Nitro, so if they have the TV on, then... Oh, I guess. To add to the confusion of is it the same women or not... There's two women in the room. Scott Center doesn't get mad at them at all. He only gets mad at Buff. Which, I guess is... And these two women are dressed like cowgirls. Yeehaw. This will come up later. Yeehaw. We then get Finley being interviewed about Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. It's really sad because he's like, I'll back them all the way. But like, they're not going to back him. Yeah. He's gone. Like, he seems like fully out of character here. 
Like, he's fine with it. Yeah, it's weird. We're going to get Tony hyping up the wall. It's the wall, brother. And then we get Hugh Morris versus Terry Funk. On Thunder, Hugh Morris beat the demon, which I did look. We have not seen the demon get a pin. Yeah, probably not. The entire not. time we've seen it. I, That's I, not surprising. I, I went back and looked, and I'm That's like... That's not surprising we, we speculated last week, and it's like, yep, he... He's definitely won matches, but he hasn't been the reason that the match won. I think that tag team match, the first match we saw him win. Okay. Morris tries a joke. It doesn't work. So he attacks Terry Funk at the bell. Cool. This is where Tony Schiavone notes that next week is going to be a clip show. But the, he announces it in like a in a tactical way. Yes. Where he says, like, we're going to take a look back... On the matches that have made WCW what it is for the last several years, and we're gonna look at the, we're gonna analyze like what made WC, what has made WCW so great. Like the way they're like analyzing matches and wrestlers. I'm like, okay, you could sell this. Yeah, he he needed to do well. He did well. He knows that. Yeah, we're basically taking next week off to like fully regroup and reset the show. Yeah, but he didn't say it as like we're just gonna look to you know the best of. Like that could have been worse. Yeah, he did it well. Funk smashes Morris into the corner and then hits a 10-punch spot. Get a DDT to Morris and Funk misses a moonsault. So, Tony Schiavone on this match is killing me. He doesn't, he's not paying attention to the match. He doesn't care. He's got somebody in his ear talking to him about Russo and um, Bischoff. Because they literally, like, come back to Tony and he's like, and they're beating each other up. (laughs) He literally says that. I missed that. We get a sit-out powerbomb from Morris. He misses a diving elbow, which, like... He goes up top for it. The commentary's like, well, he's going to hit the, the no laughing matter. Oh, nope, never mind. That wasn't that. Yeah, they're just, they're paying attention to what's happening in their ears. They're not paying attention to what's happening in the ring. I call that the snake eyes problem, hmm. where Undertaker has a move he would do, where he'd put you up on his shoulder and then drop you face first onto like the corner turnbuckle. But the setup for that move looks identical to the tombstone. So oh. it gets, a, so it gets a phantom pop of, <gasps> ah. Uh, not quite. Yeah. Funk takes a powerbomb that looks like it's kind of on the sand, but kind of on whatever like, like they concrete, laid down. Yeah. yeah, like it looked rough. Yeah, but it was not on the elevated part of the of the ring. It was like where the crowd is. They get back into the ring and we get some tired action, including some spaghetti action from Terry Funk. Yeah, of course. Funk dodges an apron elbow and hits a chair shot on Morris and an incoming Dustin Rhodes. Surprise, because we can't just have a straight match. In the ring, Morris hits a no laughing matter and then almost gets the pin, but Dustin hits a chair shot on both men and then the ref. DQ. Yep. Yay. Funk and Dustin brawl to the back. Morris hits a no laughing matter on, re- on referee Mickey J. Why? Why is he getting a push too? Yeah. What? Yay. Yeah. I'm, who cares? Someone who likes Terry Funk, I'm, I I hate that he keeps being put in spots that I'm like, I, I don't care, man. Yeah. He's not at his best in WCW. No. At least in this era of WCW. No. I know he enters the hardcore title scene at some point, so I'm hoping that'll add a little bit of fun. Mm. Like him and Norman Smiley can probably do a lot of fun shit. Yeah, that'd be fun. Especially if he goes like full crazy old man. Yeah, I would need him to really lean into his character because right now he's still a very like disappointed uncle. All right, once again, no Ar- no Arn Anderson this yeah, week. No. He's still hanging out with his kids. Let's move on to a promo that I think I just have to play for you because it's Mean Gene interviewing Hulk Hogan, and this just feels even more coked up than earlier. All right, Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan, if things were a little unclear earlier on tonight, they are crystal clear right now. Tonight, Hulk Hogan, you and the wall in the main event here at South Padre Island on Nitro. Well, you know something, brother? When you put everything together, we're talking about seven digits. We're talking about 500 of his and 500 of mine, brother. And if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet against Hulk Hogan, brother. They are not going to carry me out in an ambulance. They are not going to carry me out in a stretcher. And as far as the wall goes, you see this 24-inch python, brother. The hell with Scotty Steiner and the NWO. This is the python. This is the strongest arm in the world. And brother, as far as the wall goes, I'm going to tear you apart one brick at a time, brother. And as far as the painted brother, the superstar of the future, Vampiro, as they say, why well, I call him Vampiro, the brother of the blood, man. He's going to be watching my back, Jack. And if the wall tries to run to his boat, if he tries to go all the way to China, brother, 
Vampiro is going to put the hammerhead sharks on him. But in the ring, brother, you're mine. There's seven digits at stake, brother. And I'm going to take you and I'm going to beat you like I own you, brother. So what are you going to do when Hulk Hogan and all the maniacs, what exactly is he going to do, brother, when he comes into my battleground, Mean Gene? What's he going to do? I'm very curious if you might throw the wall tonight into the Gulf of Mexico. Who knows? We might find him in Florida in a week. Well, brother, I saw him playing out in the sand there. They were playing in the sandbox. But if I take you to the water, brother, it's a thousand leagues under the sea. What you gonna do when I beat your ass too, brother? <laughs> so apparently he's the only one who thinks he, he knows how to pronounce Vampiro's name correctly. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I think Bobby Heaton is the only one who ever called him Vampiro. Oklahoma. Oh, true. Yeah. But, I was like, no, who who uh, did the vampiro? Oh, vampiro. He's officially gone, I Thank think. fuck. We haven't seen him in a while. I was just I, Remember when there was a women's division? Yeah. yeah. And does Hogan think he gets Sid's money now if he wins? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this bounty makes no sense. I don't think anybody knows what a bounty is. Or it, it, It's just Hulk Hogan who doesn't know. But nobody else is going for it. So I don't think anybody else really knows either. Yeah. Like, you need a moment where, like, someone try, is going to attack Hulk Hogan and, like, the wall, like kills him yeah and like, no it's my money right and i want it now but yeah hogan's just doing a throwback night here tonight it's giving like so the energy of this show of as a whole really it just feels like the last day of school yes like everyone's just like going all out mom and dad aren't home the grades are already in nothing matters let's just do everything next up we get the nwo for the last time Versus Kurt Hennig and Buff Bagwell. And I'm like, this is it. Cherish it. I'm not cherishing shit. Now, I do want to note, when I say, I'm like, all right, this is it. Yeah, exactly. I am going off of Wikipedia. The end date is listed for, like, this show. Somebody go on Wikipedia and there's no mention. There's no mention of the NWO on the reboot Nitro. Okay. Scott Steiner has a mic. He's the best at sex. Oh, thank God. I've been wondering. It's a short one. It's not even worth me trying to splice it in. Yeah. He doesn't even talk about his body. Jeff Jarrett says the women can can stay this week because the women here are skanks. Sure. And I said it's time for the match, but we get multiple segments before that. Oh my god, yeah. It never stops. The match never begins. Also, please note that we only have about 15 minutes left in the file, and there's another match. <laughs> Kurt Hennig and Buff Bagwell talk. Hennig thinks Buff is distracted by the women. We didn't get a Taff Cappy interview. Why? About Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. Why? He's like, I think they suck. Nah, someone just wanted me to say that. I think they'd be great. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Like, what? Who fucking cares? These stupid talking heads doesn't matter. And then we get another spring breakout to add. There are only 15 <laughs> minutes left in the show. And Steiner and Jared have just been standing there. Yeah, they're just chilling in the ring at this point. I'm wondering if Steiner's just cutting a promo trying to fire everybody up. Probably. He's still talking about how good at sex he is. Yeah. Okay, now we get the match. Yeah. <laughs> about 10 minutes later. Henny gets attacked mid-buff entrance, and Buff's just like, no, nah, I don't care. Yeah. They clear the ring, but Buff still gets blindsided somehow. It's like, what? What were you doing? I was having a very hard time following this match. It was also kind of boring. I don't know. Swing neckbreaker to Jarrett and a partial Buff taunt. Steiner tags in, works over Hennig, and blocks a Hennigplex. We get a nice belly-to-belly suplex from Steiner, and I'm like, if... Bailey has her belly to belly. Should this be a belly to Steli? To Steli? <laughs> Steiner. <laughs> I don't really think that one works as well as Bailey to belly. <laughs> to Steli? Be- belly to Shoney. Oh, R.I.P. Double underhook DDT from Buff to Jeff Jarrett. Get a hot tag to Kurt Hedding and he cleans house. Everyone brawls. Blockbuster to Jarrett and Jarrett's like almost immediately up because the finish is because, coming. yeah. Ruff gets distracted by something for a guitar shot, and Steiner locks in a Steiner recliner for the win as the women distract Buff. Woo! This was a match on autopilot. Yes. They did not care. Oh my god, yes. This could have been like a match written by like ChatGPT. Yeah. The most basic default match. It was nothing. This was so boring. And it's the first match that like, well that's not even true. I guess that's because it's after. Because I was going to say this is the first match of the show where you don't get any interference, and that's not even true. There's less... This is the most straightforward match we got on the card, too. Like, there was no real interference in this yeah. match, even. Nobody ran out to interfere. They were no, already out there. they were already there. Like, the yeah. interference was already written in. But nobody ran out. Like, this was the most straightforward, and it was so fucking boring. 
I don't know why DDP wasn't in this match. Yeah, where the fuck was DDP on the show? Yeah. You like, re-debut him and they're like, okay, have a nice night. I'm just remembering. Remember when Buff and Hennig had a retirement match back in like December? Loser hangs up his boots. <laughs> yes. Didn't mention that at all. He hung his boots? Well, because yeah, he hung up his boots. That's all he had to do and that's what he did. And it was Henning that um that lost that one, right? Quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. And then well then Vince Russo gave him like a shot, so it was basically you're now in debt. But he hung up his yeah. boots. He put the boots on a hanger. No, no, we jo- he didn't actually do that. We joked that we that that's what it was gonna be. They wrote it in so that they could do that. Well no, they they had him retire and then they're like Vince Russo, they had Vince Russo be like, Well, if you want to come back, you gotta work for me. I don't remember that part of the whole storyline. Yeah. Vito gets asked about new management. He's Who for cares? It. And then we get a fuck ton of fireworks going off before yeah. our main event. Which is cool. I love fireworks. But the smoke around it, I guess, I don't know how, like, weather. Which I should have realized that meant we were going to get a bullshit finish. Because you're telling me Hulk Hogan doesn't want to celebrate under a load of fucking fireworks. Of course. Or would it be that the fireworks would distract from him? So, can't have that, brother. First, maybe. Could be a myriad of things. So it's the wall, brother, versus Hulk Hogan in our Woo-hoo. main event. No no Hawaiian Michael Buffer. I was disappointed. Yeah, that would have been fun. Michael Buffer is even like, this is a phone-in sort of show. I'm not yeah. wasting my time with this. Hogan comes out doing like the full 80s entrance. Of course. You noted the, the, the bit large, please retire Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Sign right on the hard camera. Oh, honey, he doesn't retire for a very long time. Is he even like officially retired today? He hasn't had a match in like 10 years. I know, but did he ever have a retirement match? Uh, maybe. Hmm. Would have been TNA, man. I don't know. Yeah. The Wall beats down Hogan to start. Hogan does a nine-punch spot and a bite. <laughs> the Wall then chokes Hogan with his bandana and throws him to the floor. Then get a chair shot to Hogan. I'm like, DQ? You get three chair shots to Hogan. Wall grabs a table, and I'm like, Hogan ain't taking that bump, brother. No. I actually was thinking, I'm like, has Hulk Hogan ever gone through no, a table. I don't think so. It doesn't sound like something he would ever like agree to do. Yeah, I legitimately don't know. He doesn't seem to be a team player in that sort of way. Yeah. Has Hulk Hogan ever been in a Royal Rumble? Yes. Okay. He was in them before it was Winner Goes to WrestleMania. Okay. Because he's won two of them, but it was two of the more meaningless ones. Gotcha. The only like really meaningful one he was in was uh, Rumble 92, which is for the title. Oh. Where he, he gets eliminated by Sid, and there's a sore loser, and like basically pulls Sid over the ropes oh. from the floor. Okay. And I, I, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but live, everyone cheers when, Hogan, when Hogan's eliminated. Yeah. And then boos when he, you know, cheats. Yeah. When they showed the replay, they, they like changed the crowd noise to flip it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Classic. That sounds right. God. Hogan rakes the eyes and actually hits some good chair shots. I was like, holy shit. Okay, yeah, this is where he hits him with, like, three chair shots in a row. Yeah. Because, like, they actually did, they did contact. Yeah. I, I was like, Hogan, I didn't know Hogan could actually swing a chair. Or is it Yeah. Hogan d- doesn't actually care about the wall, so he's like, no, I'm just going to swing. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Which, like, same. Wall gets thrown into the ring and no sells. Wall hits a shit choke slam, but it's better than the uh, bookend that Don Harris My stuck God, around. yeah. Hogan hulks up. We get the full hulk up sequence, including the leg drop. Mm-hmm. Hogan does not go for the pin after. I'm like, that's strange. And he's taunting to the crowd. The wall stands up. No that's sells never been the leg before. What? In terms of that, yeah, that's that's a rarity. Yeah, no, like commentary actually did sell that. Like, holy shit! Like, no one's ever stood up from the leg drop. Like, the leg drop doesn't really feel that powerful. But okay, people don't kick out of it. No, I I know. Yeah. I believe you. It's just it doesn't like in today's day and age of wrestling, that does not feel like a a finisher move. Yeah. So they keep brawling, and then Vampiro runs out and attacks the wall. Why? Why? Hogan, like, you know, had it, he might he might lose, but he had it under control. Yeah. It wasn't like the wall had Hogan's, like, neck in, in a chair and was going to, like, kill him. Right. Yeah, there was no reason for this interference. So, wall wins by DQ on commentary, like, well, this wasn't really a match anyway. What do you what? mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. This was a fully sanctioned match. It had a bell. It had a like, Even- title. Like, what do you mean? didn't have a title it didn't have a title you're right but like they actually they announced it like it was it's been a match the whole show even emily knew this was a match and that's how you know it was a match i know this was a match (laughs) what do you mean so the wall gets put through the table and then like immediately gets back up because of course yeah they do do the wall and vampiro on thunder which ends in like a double dq Mm, of course because now vampiro is like main eventer yeah what the fuck of all the people that i thought would get a main event push vampiro was not on my list yeah 
The show ends with Vampiro and Hogan. They have chairs in the ring and they just stare down the wall. He's like, there's two of them and they still need chairs against this one man. Yeah. There's a joke somewhere to be made in there where the wall, unlike its namesake, is indestructible. It's somewhere, it's somewhere in there. You know what he needs if we're going to do Vampiro and Hogan versus the wall and a partner? we got to bring back Berlin! Berlin. <laughs> no, sorry. He's been erased, actually. Bring back Berlin! It was a pretty shit match. Oh, it was garbage. I mean... The last two matches were nothing. They sucked. They sucked the energy out of everyone. If I was there, I would have left. I mean, it wouldn't have looked out of place on like a, a, a late 80s SummerSlam, though. That's not like a high praise. Yeah. This is a fucking wild Nitro. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, your last day of school vibes really sum mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, it really was. Especially because next week is summer vacation, and then we have new and teachers. And then we're back to school, yeah. With all new teachers. Yeah. <laughs> this is the season finale. It's going to be very different when we come back. Definitely. We'll see, though. I'm excited. I'm excited for a change. We've been slogging through some real shit. Not saying that what we're not gonna, that we're going to get is not shit. Like, we probably will. But yeah, and our next episode is not that Nitro. We got two in between. We got WrestleMania 2000 up next, Yay. which people seem to think is a shit WrestleMania. I think it's an okay one. Okay, we'll, we'll see. have to see. There's one singles match, and it's a like cat fight. Great. It's all tag teams and triple threats and fatal four ways. Great. And then after that, we'll be ready to rumble. Woohoo! I have been waiting to watch this movie since we started this podcast because Nick has been talking about this movie since like the conception of this show. Since before we filmed the pilot, Nick's like, oh, we got to watch Ready to Rumble. And I'm like, okay, let's watch it. He's like, no, but we might record, we might review it for the show. So I don't want to watch it. Like, that was three years ago, man. Yeah. I could have watched you. People of this podcast know that I have a goldfish brain. I would have forgotten. We could have watched it three years ago. Oh, before we get to those, we need to do uh, best bit, worst bit, and MVP. I, think I don't I... think it's much of a surprise of what my best bit is. Yes. <laughs> I'm curious what yours is, though. I'm giving mine to the, the famous That's the Wall. Yeah, Bella. I figured. You got a really big pop out of that. I thought it was like, I didn't get as hype for that as you did. It's just so dumb. I love it. It is very dumb. But you know what's even dumber? The beach. Yeah. Like that whole segment. Incredible. Emily, do you have a worst bit? I actually don't have a worst bit. Yeah, I'm not going to formally give it to it, but honorable mention to just the constant interviews about yeah. Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff and they just, just like, not being able to shut up about it. But they're trying to hype up something, so I, I, yeah. I can only shit on it so much. It just it felt like time filler. Yeah. Emily, who is your MVP? You'll actually be surprised because of the way I talked about him in this show. Lex Luger. Oh. For taking all the bumps to make that match possible. I gave him MVP. That match wouldn't have happened without Lex Luger. Okay, and we're we're staying in a similar trend. You give your MVP to somebody in your segment. I'll give mine to Hogan. Hogan? (laughs) Hogan? (laughs) This is such a dumb fucking show. If Hulk Hogan wasn't on this show, this would be a vastly different show, and you know it. For the better. (laughs) Have we ever given Hulk Hogan MVP? I've given it to him, I think, twice. Really? Jeez, why? I'm sorry, I disagree with you on that one. I know the man's even on autopilot here, but it's still... It's so dumb, I, I, I enjoyed it. Well, we can officially say goodbye to the NWO, unless you were wrong, <laughs> which is very possible. So what else do you think we're going to be saying goodbye to? So it's the NWO for sure. Do you think the Harris brothers stick around? No, oh, they're around till the end of Nitro. Damn it. Um, who else? Who else from the Cruiserweight division is gone? Because Lord knows we're still I mean, we noted all like the last matches. It's just a matter of... You think there's not going to be any more like random cuts? Like, do you think the cat makes it to reboot? Yes. Oh, shit. Him and Eric Bischoff are friends. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no. Does the demon make it to reboot? Yes. Wow. He's also around, I think, to, to the end. Why? I don't know. I think so, some of that is Eric Bischoff signed this contract, so he wants to make himself look good. I guess. Oh, well, yeah, we'll have to see. Cause I don't I don't think we're going to get all the answers next Nitro. No, I won't. think it's going to take a little time. It'll trickle. Don't forget, there's next Nitro and then a pay-per-view. Jeez. going to be a lot of cramming next episode. Will DDP actually be on the next episode? Yes, I believe so. Will Will Kevin Nash be on the next episode? I believe so. Interesting. I think we I haven't know, seen him in a while. I think I know he does something during that okay. episode. So we'll have to see. So until we find out, and that should be, I think, like this year's Christmas episode. Oh, jeez. And, and until we do our next WrestleMania, because we've done a good handful of yeah. them. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, threads, Instagram, all that jazz. At Butts in the Pod, Facebook, Butts in the Seats Podcast. Listen to all of our back catalog. 
including all of the original Vince Russo run, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, yep, all of them. Everywhere you probably get a podcast, we're there. You can also follow us on Patreon. We have a Patreon at Butts in the Seats podcast. We will be having another episode coming out soon. We have our last installment of The Legends House. That should on be out right way. around this time. Yeah. I, I, I still want more old men crying. I feel like there hasn't been enough. There really hasn't been enough. You've really sold that as old men crying. That, that, that's how it sold to me. Mm, maybe it's in these last three or four episodes. Maybe it's all at the reunion. Ooh, maybe they all like, sob at the reunion. That'd be great. But until we all sob together on Patreon or um, get very confused at, at WrestleMania, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Buzz and Seats podcast. Bye.